Last Sunday was uh, an incredible day. I was able to listen to the audio but not watch it yet, but I listened as Archie Phillips uh, brought the second part of the series, Lawless Living. And in that part, he taught about seeing things differently. It was amazing. Um, I'm so blessed to have other people in this house that can stand in this pulpit when I'm here and when I'm not. And they can minister, and they can minister with an anointing, they can minister the Word, they can bring something that will teach us. And that is what Archie did last week. A powerful, powerful word about seeing things differently. I loved, especially loved, when he talked about the door and how it is related to order and how the door and order relates to generations and he put all that together so speaks of who we are, all of that, and I loved it. So I want to encourage you today, tonight, or today, this morning actually, I'm going to be ministering the third part of the series, Lawless Living. The first week was, uh, I talked about the circumstances that brought law into our lives. Last week, Archie taught about seeing things differently, um, not looking at things like this is the law I have to live by. But I can be lawless, and there's another way. And then today, I will be speaking to you about the provision that the Father has put in place so that we could live a lawless life. So I want to talk about these things. And, and I encourage you today to turn in your Bible app, follow along. If you'll do that, search the Rock of Central Florida. Uh, you'll be able to follow along with the verses and, and as we go today. But here we go. So, first of all, is it possible for you and me to live lawlessly? I want to ask you first, is it possible for you and I to live a lawless life? Well, the answer to that question is yes, yes. So, let's answer that. Let me tell you why I come to that, why I give you that response, by starting with a verse, a few verses in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, starting with verse 17. It says in the New American Standard Version, do not think, this is what Jesus said, people, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to do away with the law or the prophets. In fact, I didn't come to do away with it. I came to fulfill it, to complete it. I did not come to end it. I came to fulfill it so there would no longer be a need for it. Mm, suck on that sucker for a second. I did not, Jesus said... I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets. Instead, I came to complete or fulfill the law and the prophets, to usher in something greater. Oh, is it possible? Is it really possible that there is something better than the law? You hate the law. 
Everybody watching me right now, you can't stand the law. You say, oh no, I'm a good person. I love the law. Well, you hate the law. You can't even keep the law. In the same way the Israelite children couldn't keep the law in the Old Testament, you can't keep the law in the New Testament. You drive and text. You drive faster than the speed limit. You don't claim things on your taxes that you should. You claim things on your taxes that you shouldn't. I'm not even going to go on. In your own mind, if you think about it for just a second, you know all the ways you are incapable of keeping the law. Yahweh knew that. He knows that you cannot keep the law. And you know why you can't keep the law? You were not created to live under law. You were not created. Yahweh did not breathe his pneuma. The, he did not breathe. He did not breathe. He did not breathe into you so that you would require law. He breathed into you so that you could be a lawless being. A being that did not require law. Is it possible? Let's read the rest of this. Verse 18, for I truly say to you, or for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until everything is accomplished. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of the law shall pass from the law until the law is accomplished. And we'll look at what Galatians has to say about this in a moment. Verse 19. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others or anyone else to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And this isn't about who teaches the law will be called great and whoever keeps the law will be called great. It's whoever teaches that the law and the prophets have been fulfilled will be great. Now let's jump to Galatians chapter 5. Let's put this together. In Galatians 5, it says, for the whole law. In fact, I want you to say this with me. Say it with me. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Huh. Wow. That's interesting. Let's consider this for a second. Say it again. For the whole law, not part of it, all of the law is fulfilled in one statement. You shall love the Lord, or love your neighbor as yourself. Now, let's put Galatians 5.14 together with Galatians, uh, with Matthew 5. 17. Matthew 5, 17 says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come, or I'm sorry, uh, let's go to Matthew 5, 18. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until, until you love your neighbor, Galatians 5, as yourself. Remember Galatians 5? The whole law is fulfilled in one word. It will be fulfilled when you love your neighbor like yourself. And then he says, not the smallest letter or stroke in Matthew 5.18 shall pass from the law until 
you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because that is when the law is fulfilled. When you love your neighbor as yourself, it's fulfilled. How is it fulfilled? It's fulfilled because when you can love your neighbor as yourself, the Christ anointing is fulfilled in you. The Christ anointing has done its work and completed, fulfilled its work, His work in you. Remember, He said, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. In the evidence of the law's fulfillment will be when you love the neighbor that doesn't believe what you do, the neighbor that doesn't cut their grass when you do, doesn't cut it like you like it, the neighbor who doesn't take everything out of their yard, they leave their truck and their barbecue grill and everything in the front yard, things you don't like, when you can still love that neighbor just like you love yourself. Not love like ooey-gooey, like you want to go and just grab them and give them a big hug and buy them a birthday present, a Christmas gift, but love them in the sense... I want them, I have a passion for them to know God because if they'll know God, in fact, I believe this, if, if anyone loves God, if they really love God and they really know God, they're not going to leave their barbecue grill in the front yard or their broken down car in the yard and leave it. I'm just kidding. I'm just adding that. I shouldn't have done that. You, you have a passion for them to love the Lord. And He, the law is fulfilled when we can love our neighbor as ourselves. Remember this, the Father wants you and me, He created us to be lawless beings. Look at your husband, look at your wife, someone that's sitting around you and say to them, Yahweh created me to be a lawless being. Tell them, Yahweh created you to be a lawless being. I want to share something with you. I want you to keep this in mind. Until mankind refused to listen to the voice of Yahweh, there was no law. Until the day came that man said, I don't want to hear your voice anymore, God. I want you to tell me, give me a king. Give me somebody that will tell me what's right and wrong. Until man said to the mankind said to the father i don't want to hear your voice anymore there was no law everybody was lawless when men heard the voice of god and listened to the voice of god at that time all mankind was lawless and it was good they were lawless and it was good the voice of god is what governed the lives of man not laws the voice of God said go and they went. The voice of God said stop and they stopped. The voice of God said rise up and they rose up. The voice of God said today and, and today it was. Not today and it wasn't today. The voice of God said marry and they married. The voice of God said don't and they didn't. The voice of God was what directed men. Laws were not required. Men, mankind looked to the Father for instruction and for righteousness and for the right way. They didn't look to laws. That's changed. So, if the voice of God or the lack of the voice of God is what required law to be present. Remember, when Moses went up on the mountain and he received the book of the law, 
when he received the Ten Commandments. When Moses went up on that mountain to receive those laws, he went up on that mountain and God gave him those laws because, again, all of those people at the base of the mountain decided they didn't want to hear him. They told Moses, you go and hear what the Father has to say. We don't want to hear his voice. We're, we're scared to death of him. But see, because of that fear, because they were afraid of his voice, he gave them the law. But you and I don't need the law. But because the law was set in place, something had to happen to again bring us into a place where we no longer needed the law. For all of those years where the law was present, men over and over and over again, every single day, mankind demonstrated that they could not keep the law. Today, you, some, at some point today, are going to demonstrate you cannot keep the law wherever you are. And as long as we need laws to define for us what is right and wrong, we will never be able to keep them. And we're going to be reminded of something every single day because every time we break a law, we're reminding, we remind ourselves that sin is present, which is disobedience. In fact, let's talk about this. You want to be free from sin? Let's read Romans uh, chapter 3, verse 20. Romans chapter 3, verse 20 says, Because of the law... We are conscious of sin. What's this say? This tells me that what law does is remind me that I am incapable of doing right. Law reminds me that I'm incapable of listening to the voice of God and being obedient to it. Paul said... Because of the law, it's because of the law that we are conscious of our sin. The other day I was driving down the road with my wife and, and we were listening to a contemporary Christian station on Pandora in my truck. And one of the, I don't know who the author was or who the writer was or the singer was, but one of the lines in there that he kept saying over and over and over again until it annoyed me, but he kept saying, I'm just a sinner, I'm empty, I'm hollow, something, like, something to that effect. But he kept saying, I'm, I'm a sinner and I'm empty and I'm hollow and I need you, God, because I'm a sinner, I'm empty, I'm hollow, I'm thankful for the day that you saved me, but I still recognize that I'm a sinner, I'm empty, and I'm hollow. And I looked at my wife and I said, that's pathetic. That is shameful at what time does the man that's singing that song when he wrote that song what law was he breaking to remind him of his sin what laws was he failing to keep that reminded him of his sin what laws was he failing to keep that kept making him feel hollow and empty I want to tell you, when you come to the Father, when you receive Jesus Christ and you come to the Father, the Father not one time looks at you and says to you, you got my son, but you're still a pathetic sinner. You got my son, but you'll always be empty. You got my son, but you're always going to be hollow. Not my God. Not my God. Law says that to us. Law says that to you. But Yahweh God does not. When you receive Jesus Christ, He said you are free from the law. 
The law was fulfilled in my son, Jesus Christ. And when you receive Jesus Christ, you're not a sinner and you're not hollow and you're not empty. You are full and you are overflowing and you have become the righteousness of God because you received Jesus Christ. You have become a demonstration that he is proud of and he celebrates and he smiles upon and he says you are my son in whom I'm well pleased you are no longer a sinner but you are a child of God you cannot be a sinner and a child of God at the same time but laws and the inability to keep them remind us over and over again how short we come up in relationship to the Father. So I want to tell you, it was never the Father's intention for us to be under law. And Paul was very clear. He said, because of the law, you are sin conscious. Because of the law, you are sin conscious. But when you come in, when you step into lawlessness, when you step over that law line and step into the lawlessness that you were created to live in, when you step into that lawlessness, you are no longer sin conscious, but you are God conscious. You are aware that there is something working in you that is greater than you and it is deeper than the law and it is far reaching and it isn't something of the natural but it is in fact supernatural and it is working in you to transform you from a man of sin to a man or a woman of righteousness. Paul got it and he said because of the law you are conscious of your sin. And the songs that we hear today, that's why I love the worship that we had this morning. The worship we have every Sunday. The songs that are written in this house. They're never telling you, oh pitiful you. Oh wretched you. Oh wretched. Never are you going to hear that. But the songs are telling you, lift up your head. Lift up your head. Run because you can. Shout because you can. Laugh because there's a reason to. Declare the goodness of God. Never, never are you reminded in any songs that we sing that you are a sinner because when you receive Jesus Christ, you're not a sinner. You're part of the kingdom of God. You're, you're one of Yahweh's sons or you're one of Yahweh's daughters. You are no longer under the law. When Jesus Christ comes into you, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you, you are no longer under the law, but you are under another plan and another purpose and there is another provision. Something has been provided for you to transfer you, to move you from that place of law into something else. What is that? It is in Romans 6.15. It says, what then? Shall we sin? Should we sin? Because we're not under the law. Again, Paul says, we're not under the law. But we are under grace. We have been transferred from the law. We are now lawless and we are in grace. You cannot be in grace and under law at the same time. You cannot be. You were created to be a lawless being. There was no need for law in the beginning because they heard the voice of God and they loved the voice of God. They didn't loathe it. They didn't hate it. They didn't despise it. 
They loved the voice of God. They looked to the voice of God for direction, instruction, the way to live. They, looked, they hungered for the voice of God. They, we're going to come back to that. So Paul says in Romans 6.15 about grace and the law. He says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? In fact, let's condense this. Let's remove the first part. Let's say this with me. The middle part of this verse, Romans 6.15. Say it loud. I want you to say it audibly. I am not under the law but under grace. Say it again. Paul got it. I am not under the law, but under grace. Do you get it this morning? I am not under the law. Say it this way. I am lawless because I'm under grace. Woo! I am lawless because I am under grace. Say it again. I am lawless. Put your hands on yourself and say it again. I am lawless because I am am under grace. Oh my, oh my, oh my. That is incredible. I am lawless. Why? Because I'm not under the law, but I'm under grace. It's as simple as that. Paul said, shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? May it never be because under grace, sin is difficult to find. Mm. under grace it's hard to locate sin because under grace under grace under grace he in every way his voice is released to you to say this is the way walk in it this is the way walk in it this is the way walk in it and when we listen to that voice and he says, this is the way, walk in it. Grace is there to move us through what under law would be sinful. Mm, I hope you just got what I said. Grace is there to move you through what under law would be sinful. See, when we listen to the voice of God, again, it goes back to the voice. The provision was Christ that fulfilled the law so that we could get back to the original intent, which was to hear his voice. Christ fulfilled the law so that we could step into grace and again hear the voice of God, the original intent. See, in the very beginning, when the Father spoke to Adam, again, we go back to the trees. When, when the Father spoke to Adam and he walked with him in the cool of the day and the Father carried on and communed with Adam, that was the way it was intended. Adam didn't need a law. He didn't need to read. He just needed to hear God. And when he heard God, it was his passion. He didn't want to break laws. There was no laws he wanted to break. He wasn't even aware what a law was. If someone would have asked him, what's a law? Adam would have said, I have no idea. Until he broke a law that he didn't even know existed. He only knew by the voice, don't go there. And when he went, now laws were necessary to keep anyone else from going to that tree. To keep anyone else from going to that place. But see, when we position ourselves to hear the voice of the Father because that's the way He wanted it in the beginning and that's the way He wants it now, He sent His Son to fulfill that law because He wants you and He wants me. He wants us to hear His voice. He wants us to commune with Him in the cool of the day 
in the still of the night, wherever we are. He wants us to commune with Him. He has provided again an opportunity for you and me, for us, to hear His voice, to be lawless beings. It's what He wanted in the beginning, and that's what He wants today. Yahweh has made provision for you and me to be lawless. And that provision is through His voice. But where His voice is muted, law is always going to be necessary for restraint. There's nobody, nobody that lives for the Father does not, that does not hear His voice. And you might say, I don't know how you hear His voice. I've never heard the voice of God. You might say that, but you have. You have. Every time you know to do good and you don't do it, the reason you knew to do good you knew the difference between knowing what to do and not doing it, the conviction, the guilt, because the voice of God was speaking to you and saying, don't go there. Don't do that. And that's not law. That's a father. That's a daddy. And that's what Yahweh wants to be to you and me. He wants to bring us into a lawless place. He doesn't want our lives ruled by laws. See, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes, they couldn't keep the laws. And then when grace showed up right in front of them, they didn't even recognize grace. They were more comfortable in the law than they were in grace. They were more comfortable feeling sinful than they were feeling righteous. It's interesting. I wonder how many people are watching this right now. It's easier for you to say that you're a sinner than it is for you to say that you are righteous. Because you hear that scripture in your head over and over again that says there is none righteous, no, not one. And yet you don't ever remind yourself of the scripture that says no sinner can have its place in the kingdom of God. Yet you believe you're in the kingdom of God. How is it that you can justify one scripture and excuse another? I'm going to tell you why. Because you're, you have sin consciousness. You're under the law. You have not yet, you might have received Christ, but you've not received the fulfillment, the fulfilling, the fulfilling of Christ the fulfillment of Christ. You've not allowed Him yet to be in you what the Father sent Him to be. I invite you to do that today. Because where God's voice is muted, the law is necessary for restraint. I invite you today to find your place among those of us who are finding our place in lawless living. In lawless living. Certainly, in the natural, I'm going to abide by the laws of the land. But as far as the kingdom of God goes... I don't need law to serve the Lord. I don't need anyone to tell me when to read, when to pray, how to pray, when to do it. If you need that, you still require law. But I can tell you if I'm not communing with a father, I know I'm not communing with a father and I feel something. I feel a loss. I encourage you today. Hear the voice of God. Lawless living is what you were created for. Embrace it. Receive that. Enter into that today. If you don't understand it, ask Holy Spirit, show me how I can transfer my place in the law today and I can step over into a place of grace today. Because sinfulness, law and grace do not dwell in the same house. They do not dwell in the same house. So Yahweh again has made provision for you to be lawless, and it is in hearing His voice. 
And I encourage you today to hear his voice. I bless you. And I know that there are people that are watching right now that you may or may not know who Jesus Christ is. All of this may be vague, may be new, may be odd to you. I invite you today to receive Jesus Christ. I can tell you that the man that I am today, I am that man because of the work and the anointing of the Son of God in my life. I am passionate not to be a Sadducee, not to be a Pharisee, not to be a good religious man. I don't want to be any of those. In fact, I loathe all of those. But I am passionate today to be a son of God. I'm passionate today to honor Him in every way and to not require law to live righteously. But instead, to receive the fullness of who His Son Jesus Christ is. I invite you today to receive Him. And let us know if you do. I want to know. Email us. Send us a message. Call us. But I want to know if you do. And I thank you today, every one of you who are watching. And my hope today is that you will receive the provision that the Father gave to you and me to live a lawless life. Amen. Next Sunday, I'm going to wrap up this series and I'm going to put it all together, this lawless living. I'm going to put all of the pieces together and we're going to conclude this in such a way that I believe all of it will make absolute sense to you. If there's anything that you are uncertain about at this point between uh, following three weeks of teaching, next week, I believe, we'll wrap it all up for you. I encourage you to watch again. We will be live stream only again next week. And I thank you for watching today. I encourage you again to watch next week. I love you. I bless you. Thank you for being a part of what the Father is doing at the Rock of Central Florida. Father, I lift my voice and I pray for the men and the women, the children, anyone who is watching today, wherever they may be, I have my eyes wide open. I'm looking right at them today and I'm, I'm doing that so that they know that I'm praying for them. And I pray today that you will guide and you will lead and you will direct, that you will by Holy Spirit, that you will speak into the heart and the mind of each person that's watching today. And I pray that the words that I've released will be words that will change each hearer, each watcher. And I pray today that each of us will find within us the passion to serve you and to hear your voice, to not miss a moment that you want to speak. And Father, we give you glory for everything that you do, and we want to be your glory in this earth. Change us, renew our minds, renew our hearts, cause us today to grow more and more, so that every day we are more mature in you. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. I will see you next Sunday. And we are the roar of many waters. And I hear, hear the sound. So open.